This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Well, good morning. Welcome to our Family Life class. And as you know, we're going through this format of Q&A, questions and answers. And again, we're looking forward to going through this question on this Sunday morning. All right, so let's go ahead and lift our Bibles and make our confession. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I'm about to receive the life-changing seed of the Word of God, and my life shall never be the same. Because I came to believe, and where I have need, I came to change, and the devil cannot stop me. By the help of God, I shall believe, I shall receive, and I shall be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so for today, again, we're going through these questions that were submitted anonymously. That's a good thing, and we'll deal with this question this morning. Um, And we've been saying this before. Again, we appreciate all the questions that came forward. There's not a Dumb or stupid question, we'll say it like that. Again, we understand you, you want to get some clarity, you want to get some, some answers, and we're just going to come through, come, uh, through you to, through the Word of God and direct uh, our responses, and that's how, how this is. It's not, that's not a man's opinion, right? So make sure you, you understand it. This is through the Word of God to give you the response that you need to hear at this time. All right, so before we start, let me go ahead and go through the definition of marriage because I like that sets the tone, especially for these questions. Uh, The definition of marriage is marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents, a man and a woman who are born again, choose to enter into a lifetime covenant with another imperfect person. Again, I'll say the definition again. Marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents a man and a woman who are born again choose to enter into a lifetime covenant with an imperfect person all right so keeping that in mind now let's get into the question because i I think to be honest the definition of marriage kind of answers all these questions um but the question again uh, that came forth is is the lack of initiation organization and leadership before marriage, reasons not to marry someone. How much grace should be given towards characteristics that are lacking before marriage? All right, and, and now I'm just going to preface this as we get started. I'm going to go ahead and kick these things off. Um, remember, this is a, the, the topic of this, this teaching was, are you, are you prepared for the marriage state? You know, not your potential mate. Right. Are you are you prepared? So the focus should always be on you. Right. And making sure you are your heart is right towards God. So in this question, it talks about these areas is the lack of initiation, organization, leadership before marriage, reasons not to marry someone. And so, first of all, you know, when looking at this, it's like, okay, let's make sure we understand what the standard of God is when it pertains to marriage. There's a difference between the standard of God and our preferences. Right. We all have preferences. You know, I like chocolate ice cream. You may like vanilla ice cream. That is a preference. Right. 
that's not the standard of God, right? So preferences are things that you may or may not can, can tolerate, but the standard of God is non-negotiable, right? So what is the standard of God when it comes to marriage? Things we talked about. Are they born again? It's in the definition. Are they born again? Right? Is their heart towards God? Right? It's, it's so, you know, these are simple things, right? Are you, are you looking at Mary in a sinner? Let me say this. Are you a sinner? Right? And so those are the, the start right there is the standard. Um, so are they born again? Are you born again? Right? Is your heart towards God? That is the standard. Those, that standard is non-negotiable. Right? Because this is, marriage is God's institution. Established by him. So that means when you come into marriage, you need to make sure that you are born again and the one that you're marrying is born again. That the heart is towards God. All right. And so we, we talked about these things before. And, and let me just go to a few scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Again, just talking about the standard of God. <clears throat> same things we read before. I'll tell you, you're not going to get anything new. You just get the same thing, just a different voice. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have the righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So we see here that's very clear. Don't be unequally yoked. We're unbelievers, right? This shouldn't be that you talk about marrying someone. Like I said, that's just, that, these things are non-negotiable. Are they a believer? Are they born again? Right? That, that's important. That's God's standard. Coming first and foremost. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. <clears throat> And I'm just going to read one passage of scripture here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And I'll read verse 39. It says, the wife, the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead. All right. So now all of a sudden the wife, husband dead. Guess what that place she's in now? She's unmarried. That's the state you are in right now. That we're talking to. The unmarried. The unmarried. She has liberty to be married to whom she will. I like that. Whom she will. What does it mean, whom she will? Whom she chooses. <laughs> Again, use her choice. Only in the Lord. See, that is the standard of God. Marrying the Lord. Right? So, so now, now I understand that. We start, that's the baseline. Born again. Not even being equally yoked. I'm marrying in the Lord. Right? Now we get to my preferences. Right? So, but the first part of the standard of God, that's non-negotiable. Understand that. So now let's, let's talk about your preferences. So, so here we go. Your preferences has in here initiation, organization, leadership. Remember, this is an imperfect person. Right? So that means that 
there's growth. Right? You understand that mean growth. Everybody's not at the same place. Um, but if you are at this place where these things are then important to you as far as your preferences, that's your choice. But let's make sure we compare that to the standard of God. What I mean by the standard of God is, remember, are they a believer? Are they born again? So now when I'm talking about leadership, well, I'm sorry, let's start with the first one. When we're talking about initiation. How are they towards the things of God? Right? Let me ask you this. Are, how are you towards the things of God? In other words, are you taking initiative at your local church? Do you belong to the local church? Does your pastor know your name? Right? You, you, you see what I'm saying? That's the initiative. Right? Are you involved in the ministry? Have you put your hands to the ministry? See, see, now we start changing the criteria. Like, okay, let's look at initiative and based on spiritual guidelines, based on being a believer. You know, let's examine that fruit. Not another person. Let's examine the fruit that's in you. Right? Look at that, right? Where's that initiative at when it comes to ministry, your local, your, uh, local church? Then organization, are you organized? Right? Or have you applied discipline in your life? Right? Oh, I'm a disciplined person. I'm organized. Okay, do you pray? Do you read your Bible on a consistent daily basis? Are you hearing from God? Right? And so th let's, let's look at that in your own life. And then when it comes to, I like to say church, right? Because uh, when you come to church, are you late? Because I'm going to tell you, if you are late coming to church, that means you're not organized. Organization takes preparation. Late folks don't mean they did not prepare to be there on time. See, examine all these things in your life. I know you, everybody looks at the other person, but are you prepared for the marriage state? And look at it in the light of what God has established, his establishment as far as being a believer. Because I'm going to tell you, a believer is not going to be late coming to church. Because they understand why they're coming to church. They're coming to hear from God. I'm not going to miss my time with God. I'm not going to miss hearing anything what God has for me. And then leadership. Right? As for a leadership, in order to be a leader, you've got to submit to authority. You've got to be able to submit to delegated authority. So now if I look at delegate, think of the delegated authority in your life. You can start with how you got here. They're called daddy and mommy. That's how you actually got on the scene. You have parents. Are you submitted to that delegate authority? Again, I know I say that, right? In other words, how are you, how's your relationship with your parents? Can they provide you counsel and can you receive counsel and can you apply the counsel immediately? See, these are things to look at. Again, when you think about are you ready or prepared for the marriage state, that shows leadership. You can submit under delegate authority. How are you when they correct you? Because we learn all this, and the real you comes out when you're being corrected. So when your parents correct you or when those in delegated authority correct you, when your pastor says things to you, right, that you don't want to hear, how do you respond to that? It shows a sense of maturity. See, that, that's the thing you need to focus on. Because marriage is for the mature folks. <laughs> folks meaning those that are believers in the Lord. They're for mature people. That's what marriage is for. So these are, are, are just data points. Again, like I said, these are just preferences because it's just growth. Everybody, when we talk about imperfect person, we're all at a different stage in marriage. You know, we're preparing for marriage, excuse me. We're all in a different stage, phase, right? But if you have these preferences, you, you have these, this list that you have going forward, understand, let's compare this list to the standard of God. And first look at yourself when it comes to these lists, not look at the other person, and then move forward and grow and be developed. Amen? Amen and amen. I, I love how Minister Hayson handled that question. I'm going to read it again. It says, is the lack of initiation, organization, and leadership before marriage 
reasons not to marry. How much grace should be given towards characteristics that are lacking before marriage. And I love how Minister Hastings started there, right? Whose standard are you judging by, right? And are you living up to that standard first and foremost? I, I love how he started with the definition of marriage because one thing we have to remember, right, like he said, is marriage is between two imperfect people. And God knows this. Where does it say that in the Bible? Well, in Genesis, he says he had to get, he saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. You, you know why? Because he's not perfect. So what did he do? He gave him a help meet. He gave him a help meet for him. So, the, and, and that's, that's my thing. What, what does that mean? That means that, you know, if, if you're choosing, you know, that this is the person I want to be, be with or this is the person I'm looking at for marriage, are you able, and, and I'm assuming this question came from a woman because it says, you know, they're lacking leadership and, you know, the leadership role. So I'm assuming this comes from a woman, but are you willing to help this person? Are you the help me? See, that's the thing, and I love how I said, you have to examine yourself in this when you get married, that's the thing about it. You know, you have problems before you or issues or things you see before you get married. When you get married, you'll see ten times, a hundred times the amount of things you're going to see. Are you going to be ready to, to, to give up then? And see, that's the thing. You have to be willing to submit yourself. Marriage is a choice, just like submission. Submission is a choice. Exactly. Are you submitted to God first? And, you know, in this question, it's talked about leadership and things like that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, but you're not married yet, right? So what is this person leading you in? You see what I'm saying? Besides, besides living a, peace, a peaceable life, besides walking in the purpose of God and leading that way, what are they to be leading you in? You know, I look at this question and I see initiation. And, and like Minister Stacey said, well, let's look at initiation from God's standard, initiating things for well, the things of God. But in my mind, when I heard this, I'm thinking, oh, are they taking too long to ask you to marry him? You know, these are the, these are the things that, I, that, that, that come to my mind. You know, but, but, but my thing is, yeah, but, but you need to wait on the Lord. He has different things for you. You need to, so first things, examine yourself. And what the Lord brought to me in uh, this parallel scripture, uh, we're going to turn here. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we usually go here when we're talking about communion, but I think it's so relevant here. I'm just going to read verse 28 through 32 because it's, it's so funny, you know, if, if you have somebody, like I said, if they're striving to live according to God's will and, and they're doing things that are pleasing to God, but they're not doing something that's pleasing to you, then I... The, the issue is not with that person. That's why I'm saying you need to look at yourself because you know how we are. We can always be judgmental, especially when, when, we, when it's something we want and when it's something according to the standard of God. You know, we're always the cream of the crop, but they can fall short because they're missing it. But let's see what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I'm just going to read from verse 20. Let's start at 25 because, again, this is communion. This is what's going on here. Verse 25, it says, after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as often as ye drink, and drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body of the blood and blood of the Lord. And here's the main scripture I wanted to point out. But let a man examine himself. 
And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So that, that main scripture there, let a man examine himself. And you think of it in the context of, of communion. Get your heart right before God, before you come and, and commune with him. He's like, but you're right, your heart is not even right. You're thinking about this other person, right? And this other person may be like, you know what, like, like I said, they're pleasing God in all areas. But your expectations places on them, and you're thinking, no, they can't be doing it right. But what about you? This person may be moving forward, moving forward with God and what God has called them to do in his purpose. Because, again, remember, they're not married to you. They don't owe you nothing as a husband. They're not married to you. The only person they owe now is God. That's it. They're not married to you. So examine yourself first. Can you drink of the cup of marriage? Are you willing? Listen, if you get into ask yourself this question. If you get into marriage and, and the lack of leadership shows even more. Are you willing to be a helpmeet? Are you willing to, listen, are you willing to let God do the work inside you so that you can sharpen the iron? Let me tell you, iron sharpening iron is, the best place for that is in a marriage. When one person's in, in agreement with God and the other person's in agreement with God, when they come together, it should be agreement with God. But that's the, listen, that's the place you got to see, listen, you got to examine yourself and say, but am I ready for that place? Am I prepared for the married state. Instead of looking at this person or that person, because let me tell you, nobody knows the insides of the person but God. Nobody knows their heart but God. You're on the outside looking in, and, and what we tend to do out from the outside looking in is look at our preferences. And what happens is once they start beating our preferences, we start saying, oh, they must be in, they must be in line with God. And, and, and to be honest with you, they may be beating all your preferences, and all, the, all you're seeing is those preferences, and then the will of God is going out the window. See, that's why, that's why I'm going to say, so start off with that. Whose standard are you, are you putting them against in the first place? Because I'm going to tell you, there's nobody perfect. You're going to always be able to say, ah, they didn't make that. You're not organized enough. You know, you didn't initiate that. You're going to always have those opportunities in marriage. I, I, I'm going to tell you, the way I started off in marriage, I'm not the same person that I was when I first got married. I'm going to tell you, my wife and the way that she has been under, under God and been to help me to me, it has changed me. It continues to change me. I may not have all the right answers. I know how to get it. I may not be leading correctly the, the right way. I may not be the most organized. I may not always be initiating things the correct way. But she's there to help me. She's there to let me know. She's not there to judge me. See, the, <laughs> turn to Galatians real quick because I just want to. Galatians chapter, I think it's six. Yes, Galatians six, verse. Let's read from verse two. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And here's a real good one. For if a man think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But... Let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not another. See, right now, prove your own work in the Lord, and then you'll be, guess what? You'll be able to have him rejoice in nobody else. You, see, you shouldn't be, especially right now not being married, you shouldn't be trying to rejoice in another person's. You should make sure that you're rejoicing in yourself first. Make sure that you're doing what God has called you to do. Prove your own work. Then once you've done that, 
then maybe you're ready for the you're prepared for the married state. But if you're constantly constantly looking at this person saying, you're not on my timeline, you're not initiating correctly. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that. You you led incorrectly. Ah uh, yeah, yeah, if 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 you would have did this, this, and that, you would have been more organized. Always in their face, harping on them, telling, listen, what did it what did, what did it say? For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, you deceive yourself. Everybody in this room, every man on this earth is an imperfect person. And I'm talking mankind now. Every man is an imperfect person. Listen, that means to expect perfection is wrong. It's wrong. You need to be willing to, to especially if you're looking at this person. Listen, listen. You can watch them. You can see, like Mr. Stacey, you can you can see if they're if they're lining up under. These are these are the fruits and things that you can watch. You don't have to mention to them. But one thing is, you also have to realize that you're going to have to be a help as a woman, yes. especially if you're looking at this, thinking that I can I can do I could do that much better. Well, listen, God made man and 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 female male and female different for purpose sake. Exactly. Yeah, and listen, your purpose is to be a help. Examine yourself. Get to that position. I'm not saying if they're outside of the will of God, listen, they need Jesus' help. But I'm talking about, I'm not talking about sinning. We're talking about things that are not, listen, we're talking about preferences, to be, to be honest with you. Because we know what sin is. We know what the standard of God is. We're talking about preferences. Don't let your preferences cause you to get into that sin. Exactly. Examine yourself Amen. and just stay under God's word. And let him, listen, let him lead and guide you in the way that you should walk. Because again, I, and I'm going to leave you with this before I give it to Minister, Minister Castile. You're not married now. Do not look for married traits in somebody you're not married to. Well, well, and don't don't get me wrong. You will see. I, I, I may have said that wrong. You will see traits that you want to. You're like, I, I want to be with that person. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, don't look at them to give you something that a spouse should give you. Because you're not married. You're not married. They're not going to be leading you in your life like a husband leads his wife. Then you're not married. See, these are like 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 I was saying. Line your standard up with God's standard. This is what I should be looking for. What, what, is the, what does it say in marriage? Don't apply it just to this one person. This goes across the board. Exactly. Exactly. Are you doing this? Are you, but are you? Mm -hmm. a, it goes across the board. When you start applying it to that one person, like I tell you, you become that person's hardest judge. Mm -hmm. When you haven't examined yourself. Mm -hmm. That's where you should start off. Examine yourself first. Make sure you're living up to, not your standard, living up to God's standard. That's where, because that, that's where the confusion comes. You put your standard, and you're living up to your standard. Then you put your standard on an imperfect person. And your standard, which is different from God, is perfect in your eyes, which you can't meet. And then now that they don't meet it, you have, oh, they can't initiate things. They can't lead. Listen, make sure that it lines up with God's standard. If you got some questions about it, find it in the Word. Line it up with the standard. And then if you're like, well, I'm not sure if that, if that pertains, get godly counsel about it. Listen, go to your authority in your church. Get godly. Is this what this is, this what this is saying here? Get an understanding. Because without that understanding, I'm telling you, you are going to put these ungodly. I say ungodly because you're putting perfection on a per, expectations on a person that they cannot meet them. And God is like, but you know what? They're striving with me. You know, they're walking in my will. They're pleasing in my sight, but they're not pleasing in your sight. So keep these things in your mind. Examine your, That's what I want to leave you with. Examine yourself. Amen. Amen. Um. I want to kind of focus on that next part of the question, but then I want to say two things before I say that. Remember that marriage is a choice. Marriage is a choice. When you are born, you are not born married. 
you are not born the future husband of or the future wife of. That's not what comes out at the bottom of your foot when you, you're like, oh, that's what it is. So marriage is a choice. Second, I want to remind everybody that, that sent these questions in, thank you for these questions. And I know we're going to we say some things because I'm fixing to say some hard things. And I want you to say, I want you to understand that some of the things that I'm saying God has talked to me about, these are hard things I've had to put in my spirit. So don't think I'm coming in at you fussing at you, okay? That's why I'm saying that right now. Because we're going to deal with this second part here. How much grace should be given towards characteristics that are lacking before marriage? So, now last week we talked about what grace really is. And I, I think I understand what this, this question, this grace is used here, how we're using it in this uh, context. So this is the way I am I'm going to go with this question. Grace, I'm saying, that what this means here in this sentence is, and if I'm wrong, whoever asked the question, I'm sorry. How much or how long will I put up with these characteristics that I perceive? How much of it will I take? How long will I put up with it? Before either I, I end it with this person or how much is enough or, you know, what's the tipping point to say if they've got 60 percent of initiation and 35 percent of leadership, that meets the qualifications for me to marry them. Or if they've got 34, that means I can't marry them. That's what I think that that's kind of going at. Or if they do this three weeks out of the month, that's fine. You know, and you got this time frame. Now, there are two pieces that I want to look at here. What am I willing to accept? And why is time such an important factor? So let's look at this first part. What am I willing to accept? And remember, just, just listen, to, listen, to what's, listen to what God is saying. So when you look at this, once again, you're examining yourself. You're talking about this other person, but really you're examining yourself. Why are you seeing these things? Are you at a point or a place where you're close to or you're willing to put up with these characteristics that you think are lacking? Or you're willing to let it slide? You're like, hey, that's fine. We're just going to put it in the back burner. Um, I'm going to act like it's not there. I'm just going to, I see it, but it, I'm just going to let it go. Whatever happens when it happens. Are you willing to overlook those characteristics just to have a spouse? Do you feel like you're settling for that person? Do you feel like, like, yeah, yeah, that's really not what I think should be in a marriage, but I want to be married. So that person's here. So I'll just go ahead and marry them. Look, nobody, you shouldn't go into any serious, any, even, a, even a work relationship. You shouldn't go into any relationship like that, especially marriage. You don't want to go into it with an attitude of settling. So if you feel like you're settling, why are you settling? So you got to know your worth. Yes. You got to know who you are in Christ. Don't devalue yourself for any relationship. So if you see something in this person and you may see it and you say, well, they can grow, but you're like, I don't know if I can deal with them even as they grow. Why do, why do you think you have to settle for that person? Why do you think that, right, that you like, I got to get married, so I'll, I'll, I'll settle. So a lot of times when we say I'm settling for a person and minister was just talking about this, you start seeing all the things that you think are lacking in the person. But if you're settling, it's really not about the person you think you're settling for. It's about you. If you're settling, I'm going to use I'm going to use an analogy here. And you know, I like food, so I'm going to use food. So let's say you're hungry and you have to wait. You can wait 
45 minutes and get a good meal that's going to satisfy you, it's going to be nutritious, going to taste good, it's going to cost a little more. You're going to have to wait 45 minutes for it. You may have to go out of your way to get it. Or you can wait five minutes and get a meal that's going to be quick, cheap, and probably make you sick later on. Now, depending on how hungry you are, you're going to choose one of those things. You may even choose a 30-minute meal, but the 45 is what you're really looking for. So when you settle, what you're saying is either I don't think another option is coming or I don't want to wait for the other option. So when you see these characteristics, whether you're even if you're saying I'm, they're not where they need to be, I believe they'll grow. But I'm willing to jump in this relationship now, but they really need to be more mature. I need to be more mature. You're settling. You're saying, I don't think, God, you're going to do what you said you're going to do. So make sure that you're secure in who God has made you to be. So then you, you won't have to settle. We, we talked about Ruth. You think about Ruth, and I know as women or men, you're like, but that was back in the day. Ruth was out working in the field. I don't work in no field. All that stuff don't happen. But God is still the same. His principles are still the same. Stick with that. Wait on God. Listen, God's not going to withhold any good thing from you. So that's what we have to do. We have to make sure that we're securing God. So don't let desperation enter into your choices. So that settling, that's desperation. I left it for that long so you would hear it because I knew if I said it at the beginning, you'd be like, I ain't desperate. Sister Kistia, you can let that go. I'm fixing to think about my grocery list. Okay. You don't even have to think about it. You don't even have to call yourself desperate. But don't act out of an emergency, right? Don't, don't let yourself be time boxed in. So if you feel like you're settling, why are you even considering that person? Why is this timetable so important to you? So that gives me to, goes to the next point. Why is this perceived time so important? Why is it so important that this person right now, they're not showing lack of initiation, but I've only known them six months and we spend maybe five hours a week together. How are you going to find out if they are, or have any of those qualities? You haven't spent enough time with them. But what's happening is, are you looking at these milestones that you've set up or society set up? Your family has told you, oh, by 30, you need to be married. By 32, you need to have children. Oh, you haven't done this yet. You're not even dating anybody seriously. Or, oh, y'all been dating for 10 years. Well, that's, you know, but it's not my, that seems long to me, but that, I, I'm not God. It's not my timetable. You dating somebody for three years and you're like, well, I think they're going to ask me to marry them. And they haven't asked. Or you talk to, you're, you're the man and you talk to her and you're like, hey, I think we should go to the next. And then she said, I need a little bit more time. Why can't you wait? Exactly. Here's the thing. What, requ what time requirements are you placing on this that God hadn't placed on it? So marriage is the second most important decision that you'll ever make behind accepting the Lord uh, Jesus as your Savior. Why are you trying to rush it? We talked about it in the teachings, how, you know, your prayer life is affected by marriage. Once you get married, there's a standard of marriage that God is going to say, now you have to meet that standard. So why are you rushing into those things? Don't be anxious. Don't let this be your concern. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Sometimes, you know, and, and, and we're, we're all, we all fall to these things. We forget the benefits that we have as a believer. So what I'm saying to you right now is, yeah, as a single person, we all get those things. I should have been this. This should have happened. I may have missed my chance. All those things. And I'm telling you, these are things that I think. I know you're thinking, what? No, yeah, these are things that I think. 
But what I have to remember is those cares are not something that I have to just handle by myself. I don't have to go out here and say, well, let me fix this. God, let me get this right. No, what I can do, let's go to Philippians chapter four. We're going to read verses six through nine. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, be made unto God. So when we think about that, sometimes we do think about that when we're anxious or we're worried, but we don't realize sometimes, I won't say we don't, but sometimes we don't take that and apply it to these thoughts that we're having about marriage or about being single. And God is saying, wait, you, that, you're being careful for that. You're taking your eye off the focus that I've told you to put it on and you're starting to think on that. You're starting to make that a care. So don't be careful for it. You know, thank God for what you have and then talk to him about those emotions that you're having. And then verse seven here says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any praise, excuse me, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on the, those things, these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So here it is. You've got these things in your mind. You've got this. We've talked about this list that you're checking off. You've got this timetable and you're working towards it. And it's causing you some anxiety. You know what? Give all that anxiety to God. So you let, don't let the anxiety and the pressure of getting married or finding the one, you know, you're like, well, maybe he's the one, but I don't know if he's the one. And what if I pick the two instead of the one? <laughs> You know, it, 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 that's the, it sounds stupid when I say it that way, but when you really examine your thought pattern, you'll see, wait a minute, maybe I have, have not looked at this the way it should be. But don't let that pressure, don't allow the fear of being alone cause you to make bad decisions or lead you in a, a, into desperation. So give all that anxiety, give all that pressure, give all that fear, give it to God. Say, God, I'm feeling this way. You know, I, I didn't think I would be at this stage in my life. Give that to God. God is saying, I, I want you to tell me about that. And then guess what he's going to give you? He's going to exchange that for his peace. Now, you're going to pray. You're going to thank God. And then you're going to do and obey his word. You're going to do and obey his word. You're going to settle yourself down. You're going to get established. You're going to realign your thoughts, because let me tell you, one of the we talked about this in the teaching. One of the things that has totally been misconstrued is marriage, what this world thinks about marriage. And we've taken that on as believers because we're like, hey, that's God, that's what everybody else does. So that's what we do. So you got to realign your thoughts with, to God. I'm going to go over here real quick to Romans chapter 12, verse two. And see, once again, you have to realize the word of God touches every area of your life. And so, like, I'm giving you these scriptures and you probably never heard them in the context of being single and being settled and premarital. But listen, the word of God works. The word of God works. So here we go. Roman chapter, Romans chapter 12. We're just going to read verse two. And it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So now. Minister Haston was talking about that. Now the standard of God, you take the standard of God for who you're supposed to be. 
you align yourself with the standard of God with what he says. When you start thinking what you think marriage should be, when you start having these ideas of what you think a how a husband should act or how a wife should act, what you do is that's when you conform your thoughts to the word of God. We've given you scriptures on what God says a husband is, what God says a wife is. So you can go in and you can read those scriptures and then you can say, God, show me what to do to be who you've called me to be. That's conforming to the ways of God, because let me tell you, you know, the enemy is going to come at you. The enemy wants you to have a marriage outside of God, because then that's going to distract you from the purpose of God. Exactly. So understand that the enemy is like, no, you keep thinking it's going to be like those Hallmark movies. You keep doing all of that. But what you do is you come back and you get in the word of God. You pray. Don't neglect that. You know, it's like we make decisions and we pray about all these different things. But when it comes to our dating, our courting, all these things, make sure you're praying about those things. Make sure you're praying and being patient and trusting God's timing. So you're going to do these things. And then let me tell you. Those things are not going to change the other person. But what it's going to do, it's going to change you. It's going to mature you. It's going to put you in proper position so that God can show you what's really going on. So my brothers talked about this earlier. Maybe this, this thing that you think is a standard is really a preference. Maybe even this preference that you have, this person meets that preference. You just haven't seen them in the proper situation. Or maybe they don't. And maybe what you think they're missing a standard, they are missing a standard. But you've got to be in proper position to see it. God will show it to you. But you can't be all over the place doing everything, having your own list saying, well, that's got to be from God because it kind of matches the scripture. No, you put yourself, you get yourself aligned, you focus, settle yourself down, get rid of all that anxiety. Valid, let the word of God validate you and settle you down. Focus on him. Then you'll be able to see, wait a minute, these things, wait a minute, what I thought was a, a lack of, real, of initiation is really just kind of his personality. He's just laid back or she's just laid back. Maybe their lack of organization, maybe they don't organize like I organize, so it's a little different. Oh, maybe their leadership, maybe they lead a little differently than what I'm used to seeing people. Maybe they're just a quiet and, you know, I'm going to show you and that's how I'm going to lead you versus getting up talking and saying all these things. But you will never be able to see it through God, what God is saying if you're not in the proper place, if you're all over the place, if you're anxious, if you don't know who you are in Christ. So you need to be settled. You need to be rooted. You need to be grounded. Let go of your timetable. I'm going to let go, throw away the timetable and then take the list. I'm not even going to tell you to throw away the list, but take the list and take the word of God. And if it does not match the word of God, take you a black Sharpie and cross through it. And I want I don't want you to erase it because I want you to start crossing through it and then look back at it after a while and see how much of it was not God and how much it was you. Because God will show you those things. And once again, that's not a that it's not a bad thing to change. God doesn't change, but we do. Change means growth. Amen. Amen. Your brothers have anything? Yeah, let me say something, too, because I, I, I really do like this question. And I want to say it on the look at it from a different perspective. Right. If someone's putting pressure on you in this matter, you know, again, we're dealing with the person that asked the question. But and I'll just use I'm just using the case of a. Of a 
guy, and maybe, the, again, just use this for a use case, for example. Say this is a female talking to a guy. And the female is telling the guy, you don't lack initiation, you don't have organization, you're lacking leadership, you know, you need to meet these standards in order for me to marry you. Brothers, run. Right? Because Amen. that's, catch this on the other side, right? She's putting on, so look, so Minister Steele went to me, go to the scripture. Because I know y'all want to hear scripture, right? Uh, she went to uh, Romans 12, she read 1 and 2. Let's read verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. This person that's putting all that pressure on you to, be in, to meet this list, they're thinking of themselves more, uh, more highly than they should, right? And Because that tells me right there, and I'm going to tell you something, brothers, you'll never meet her standard. But guess what? I'm not trying to meet her standard. Why are you not trying to meet her standard? Because she's not my wife. Right? So, brothers, catch this. Understand that. That is, that's a sign for you right there that what you're going to, you, you, you line yourself up to that for a lifetime, then you get what you deserve. Because she's going to be on, you'll never meet the, the initiation, you'll never meet the organization, you'll never meet the leadership. Minister still said that, right? Because you're never going to do it the way she thinks you should do it. And now, now you're going to be led by the Holy, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. You're going to be led by her. So that, that's, that's the sign right there to let you know. All that pressure on you to do these things and meet this list. And so well, you want me to marry, you got to do all this. You know, guess what? I'm not the one for you. It's been real. That's what we say the last time. Do not get your heart to, these, to, the, you know, to the person you are dating or courting. Do not give your heart to them. Because once you get to that point, it's hard to, it's hard to back off. It's hard, like we said last, it's hard to have that walk away game because you don't give away your heart to that person. So you can't walk away. You can, but it's hard. Right? And so these are things that are very important to catch, right? The, the catch these cues. All that pressure on you to do all these things in order for me to marry you. Then guess what? I'm not the one for you. It's good. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know why I'm okay? And she said this. Because I'm whole in Christ. You know, I have the Lord Jesus Christ. And the end, guess, what the, guess what? The end of my days, you know how I'm going to stand before? Not you, but God. And guess what I'm going to give an account for for all the deeds I've done in this flesh? Not you, God. So God is my judge. And so, I, I, again, make sure you understand these things, you're hearing these things in a proper perspective and proper context, right? All this pressure and meeting this list. I'll, I'll just say this in close. Let me be quiet. I, I thank God for Sister Hastings. Right, because the time when we was, you know, dating, courting, whatever y'all call it, you know, we, we called her back in then, she didn't have no list for me. She didn't put all that pressure on the brother. Right, I, I appreciate that. Right, it, it wasn't like that. You know, but, I, but there was females that were like that. You had to certain, make a certain amount of money, you had a certain kind of degree, come from a certain home. And I, I'm going to tell you, that was immediate things to me. And, and going back to my spiritual authority, my parents like, run from that. But my wife wasn't like that. You know, my, 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 the girl, the, the lady that I was dating, my wife, she wasn't like that. She didn't put all the pressure on me. And I heard Minister Hill talked about it. She understood some things. Right? She understood that there's time we can grow. She saw, well, this brother's heart is towards God. Whatever little knowledge he had, it was little knowledge towards God. Right? And that, that's all that mattered. But not no list. I would say be careful about the list. Because the list continues to grow. That's it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Minister Steve. Amen.
Amen. God is faithful. God is faithful. And, and like Minister Tyson said, brothers, I'm going to tell you as a woman, run. Because she's about to boss you for the rest of your life. A- after your life. Because she's going to change the life insurance, whatever you leave. You better believe it. You, I, a woman knows a woman. Okay? All right. Amen. God is faithful. And once again, we thank you for the question. And, and there's, there's, no, there's no dumb question. And we pray that you hear the answer and you hear it what God wants you to hear. Amen? And that's all we have for this morning. We thank you. And so before we dismiss, let's, um, let's end in prayer. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.